Welcome to Pudding Ain't Easy, Secret Invasion. And today we are here with the final episode and some other stuff that we've tacked on to not to just pad it out, honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Carl Pearson, with me. As always, is the scroll Samuel L. Jackson to my real Samuel L. Jackson. It's Scott McLeod, everybody. Hello, Scott. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're definitely not getting desperate and running out of ideas with those intros, are we? Nope. Well, I forgot. I forgot I was hosting, so I had to just make that one up on the fly. I'll be, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. So clearly, by that notion of the two Samuel Jetson, we're both renowned for our acting ability, is what you're saying. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Feels feels weird though, Carl, talking about anything Disney related. I mean, we're not going to have another series to talk about until Ahsoka comes out. But uh, Disney have been not been painted in a good light recently with all these strikes and everything. <laughs> and no, bloody, I know, yeah. Buddy Bob Iger being an arsehole. <laughs> uh, I think I don't know if it was ever another Disney executive basically said they were happy to go on, keep the strike going until some people who are striking lost their houses. So much said stuff so bad that fucking Ron Perlman came out and took him a task and saying that they would try and replace extras with AIs and shit like that. Yeah, it's uh, they they just they don't know how to communicate these executives, do they? Not really, but hopefully by the time Ahsoka comes around, we'll uh, we can talk about a Disney related property and not feel shit about it, but. We started the secret invasion, so reluctantly as we are, we had to keep going. Uh, yeah, it's just weird how everything's going. Apparently, the I found out recently the opening title card to this, uh, like title sequence to this secret invasion show, was created by you, which explains why it's so shit. <laughs> I've never actually seen that. I always skip it. And you are better off. I mean, I watched the first one and then I skipped it. Skipped it from like the second episode onwards. I can have VRs of intros. I mean, I'm in like you know, I'm in the last forty. It could be in the last forty years of my life. I haven't got time to waste <laughs> on intros. <laughs> it's just green. It's just different variations of green, and not looking very impressive either. Green is not really my colour, to be fair. I neither. Anyway. <laughs> So, Scott, how are you and how are your steps going? I'm doing really well, actually. Uh, time of recording, uh, last night when I logged my steps, I was on 291,000 combined steps. I believe it's somewhere in the range of 330,300 odd steps a month I have to do across these three months to be on track to do the, the whole million at the set time at the final deadline. And so I'm actually planning on going on a bit of a walk after we record this. So by the end of the day, I will be well, well past the 300,000 mark. Well, you know, I decided to do some steps and I did five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
No, no, just just Carl will do for the podcast, mate. <laughs> oh. See, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here all podcast people. There's more where that uh, come from. Uh, don't give all your details, Carl. Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, to answer your question, long story short, it's going very well. I'm not at all tired at all. No, I I believe you. <laughs> Thank you. And how are you, how are you, Carl? That's more important. Yeah, well, yeah, it is actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm not too bad. Yeah, work's not going too bad, and except it's school holiday, so that means you have kids running around the shop, and we sell toys, so they start pulling out toys everywhere, and that gets a bit of a nightmare. But you know, other than that, yeah, everything's pretty good. Wish the weather would brighten up again, though. <laughs> Girls just looking at all the kids pulling the toys like, no, don't pull that out. I was going to hide that behind. I was going to hide that in the back and then buy it myself. You're ruining my whole operation here. <laughs> and you think, like, kids don't know stuff, but they always, if we get any Barbies or action men in, they always undress them and put them on top of each other. And you're thinking, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, that's kids for you. I definitely would never do anything like that. No, no. I did, I did do that. <laughs> Not just the Barbies and the action men. <laughs> we'll, we'll just leave that there. I don't want to. Let's not get into Liam territory. Uh, sometimes you get bored on a Sunday afternoon. It's raining outside again because it's Scotland. <laughs> Where am I going with this? I don't even know. <laughs> that, that's just. Let's just get. To the podcast at hand, and we've got a couple of trailers to discuss before we get um, to the uh, the meat of the podcast. And uh, I suppose that that's the off the one I've I've just watched because it's be fresher in my mind, and that's the uh, the Marvels. Mm-hmm. So yes. what what do you what do you make of this new trailer? The first trailer didn't really do a lot for me, but this one it. It explains a bit more about what's going on, and we also see uh, the villain of the piece by the looks of it um, in this trailer as well. Yeah, I think it gave me a lot more vibes of the first trailer, but just with a lot more detail involved in explaining what exactly is going on with the whole. You know, the one of them tries to use their abilities and they swap places, everything. How it, you know, how that ties into the last scene of uh, the Miss Marvel Disney Plus series. It definitely does feel from the last couple of trailers that they are going for a similar vibe list. I'm not saying that there wasn't any comedy in the uh, Captain Marvel like film. I did feel like that was a lot more serious of a solo film, whereas in the other one, like, no, we're going to go more with the Miss Marvel vibe of a bit more of a quirky kind of thing and the whole team-up thing. And basically, Carol Dammer's been very reluctant to be part of this team-up. Yeah, but Kamala is, is, is all in. Which mm-hmm. is uh, cool to see uh, her. Inf- you know, her enthusiasm is um, is like a good. Um, I don't know what the word I want to use is, um, but yeah, it, it works well against the the the, the character's reluctance, and um, I, I get the the, the impressions sort of Rambo sort of kind of on the fence a little bit. 
Was it Monica, yeah. her first name? I'm trying to think of her first name. Yeah, Monica, Monica Rambo. So. Yeah, we saw her in, uh, in one division, and then we got the tease at the end of that she'd be on the speed station, which is where we find her uh, early on in this, in the last trailer and in this one. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, like, I think this is like end of, end of the year, about November times is scheduled to come out. And we do see the villain, like you said, who's listed as Dar Ben, who wields a similar looking like staff, like hammer white weapon that Ronan the Accuser used in like the Guardians, first Guardians film and in the last Captain Marvel. So she's clearly in some sort of Cree. Also, she has a similar like bangle that Kamala Khan uses. So again, maybe further explaining where her powers came from, because they're still they're still at kind of open ended of what exactly her abilities were at the end of as well, like saying that she that she'd been mutated somehow with this bangle. So there's another connection, which is why I'm assuming she'll be a big part of this film. Yeah, and it's like what she ever does with her bangle seems mm-hmm. to mess up with um, the other three powers and it's causing them to, to swap places whenever they try and use their powers, which is leading to hijinks and hilarity. Also, also, I noticed uh, in the last year, Samuel Jackson looked more like we we usually see him, you know, the bald head, not a lot of scars on his face, the trench coat everything. He's got that, but you know, I noticed that he's, his face looks a bit more scarred and a bit more grey here, looking like more like he does in the secret invasion that we're about to talk about, which almost makes it seem like my theory when I said to you, I was like, well, this finale, what a perfect prequel to the Marvels this was. <laughs> That's what all, it just felt like we were going through this series of, I, I messaged my friend David about it, who isn't a fan of this show, I said to him, what's the opposite of something being Marmite, <laughs> uh, <laughs> loving or hating? And not to get too ahead of him, I said, when he said un- his guess was universal. Went, well, that, in that case, I have universal feelings about secret invasion. <laughs> But I'm looking forward to see what this does. You know, they, they made a reference that higher, further, faster, which is the catchphrase that uh, Captain Marvel had with Mar- Monica's mother, Maria. So, you know, we've got that clinging there. And I'm hoping we get a decent couple of scenes with Miss Marvel's family because they were one of my favourite parts of the Miss Marvel TV show. Yeah, yeah. It does look like they look at the trailer, it does look like they're going to have some sort of part in the film, even if it's not going to be very big. But uh, her mum and especially her father are just hilarious. So mm-hmm. it, they definitely need to be there to dial the comedy, mm-hmm. in my view. Yeah, definitely. So it definitely feels like I do have some theories that maybe the squirrels will get involved in this as well, because as we've seen in Secret Invasion, but maybe I'll leave it. Till we get into the episode of Secret Invasion later on, because I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but definitely looked like a better yeah, trailer. I mean, I know a lot of people weren't the biggest fans of Miss Marvel. I mean, it was weirdly timed right between Infinity War and Avengers, especially setting it before all of that. So I think this will help it feel more in line with whatever they're doing in the MCU. I don't know how it's going to connect, but that seems to be the question with all these films. They're like, but yes, but how does this connect? And People feel to look at the actual films themselves. Yeah, exactly. I do. I do love a little bit at the end of the trailer with the the cat aliens swallowing that <laughs> thing and Kamala freaking out. <laughs> as you, as you would, yeah. <laughs> now, Scott finds normal cats scary enough, so well, you know, an alien cat and swallows things. I I I'd actually be more comfortable with a goose than I would a normal cat. I don't say I hate cats. I just 
But you have to burn them in ring five five oh five or whatever he calls it. Don't don't try and pretend because you've had a few emails of Peter that you love them all of a sudden. I got excited when I seen the words WWF in my inbox, then it turns out that's not the wrestling anymore. Scott used to regularly go around to Kurt Zuma's house, that's all I'll say. <laughs> I hate it that I know who that is. Because usually, <laughs> usually those kind of references fly over my head and I miss those times. Yeah, I just don't care to be around cats. You know, I'll go around to Paul's house to record our show and he's got a cat and the cat comes up to me. I don't immediately shoot away, but then again, the thing does tend to like not be too shy about its fucking claws when it tries to cuddle into you. So I don't also want to be around him either. For some reason, people who don't like cats tend to do all the things that make cats think you like them, so they, they sort of gravitate to you for some strange reason. <laughs> yeah. The, the cats are into negging, you know, that whole thing. You, you treat them like shit, you, you make them like you more. That's what cats do. Fucking <laughs> weirdos. And just all this talk of cats is making Dexter perk up because the last episode, it wasn't until we finished recording, I realised, like, Jesus, we didn't, we didn't have a single Dexter cameo the whole episode. And he's fairly very annoyed about that. He was too tired last week. Mm. Well, he tried to make up for it by trying to hijack your laptop and record his own podcast by the looks of things. <laughs> yeah, if you've seen Instagram, you'll know what that was all about. Trying to do my work. He's, not only did he kind of, he rested his full head onto part of the keypad, so just... Stuff was coming up in the middle of a Word document that shouldn't be there. <laughs> like there wasn't, there's not going to be that many, that many plus signs in there. Pet, pets are great at that. That's one of the things cats are really good at. Actually, you're trying to work or read something, and that's when they decide, "I'll just jump on your lap and onto the paper, ruining the newspaper, or onto your computer." So I'm pressing all these buttons and probably deleting your work. Mm-hmm. Stupid animal! <laughs> we've, we went down a weird winding road but I think part of the reason Dexter was so like you know, like, come on, let me kill him to you, I know you're trying to work because he wasn't feeling too great the other day because I think he might have rolled into something that may or may not have been fox piss, we don't know what exactly what it was but <laughs> whatever it is Probably. <laughs> whatever it is uh, he was not feeling great the next day oh dear, bless him oh no he's fine now he's back to his usual loud self but still, anyway, so are we ready to talk about our next trailer, which is uh, the boys' spin-off, Gen Z. Now, this looks like a lot of fun. Um, pretty much um, you know, what you'd expect from the boys, really. Like the same sort yeah. of hijinks. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Gen V, sorry to correct you there, Carl, but someone else would if I didn't. Uh, what, did I say? what did I say? I think you said Gen Z, but a year age you probably I, used to complain about someone called a Gen Z, but that's not I, I meant to say Gen V, and in my mind I said Gen V, so yeah, I'm probably just thinking of Scott's annoying generation. Uh, piss me off all the time! I don't, I don't think I actually qualify as Gen Z, but then again, I don't care for all these labels we give to people for <laughs> in different periods. I, I don't either, to be honest. I, I'm, I'm just pissing about. <laughs> But 
<laughs> yeah, Gen V, because you know a pun it's a pun, you see, because <laughs> of compound V. Uh yeah, like oh, it's, uh, I didn't see that. I see, they are clever these people, you know. Fucking <laughs> like Amazon pays them the big bucks, fucking comedy genius. I mean, I don't think they, I don't think Amazon have been shining any better light than Disney and these strikes by the looks of things. Apparently, people were demonstrating outside Amazon HQ or something. Yeah, I was going to say, like, none of these streaming services are really the good guys. It doesn't matter what we talk about, I don't think. We're not exactly shining a light on, like, just try not to think about who made it, because, you know, Disney, even before the strikes, there's a long history going back to the origins of Disney that isn't exactly bright you got amazon and all their stuff and then then you got netflix we could we could review something on netflix but then they probably just cancel it <laughs> i'll just cancel after like two episodes like well we could do a review episode three but there's no more show it's gone now and they'd probably launch some investigation to make sure we're not password sharing or something as well yeah i'm too clever for that no one would ever know that mine is password spelled backwards. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Gen V, they're basically like a school for people with superpowers. They basically thought, you know, basically try to find who's the next up and coming heroes, potential people for the, the seven, everything. And yeah, it's got the same blood and guts and violence from the from looks of it that we're used to from the boys. So if you're. If you're ever worried about that, then have no fear. I think we even got some cameos in this trailer. You got a brief shot of uh, Ashley from a lot of those pure women who's been losing her hair over the last three seasons. Uh, Victoria Newman, I think there was a blinking image that shot mm. of her. And I think there was a shot of of A-Train as well. So I'm wondering if there'll be any more cameos from like the superhero side, like Homelander and people like that. And I'm wondering exactly when they're ever going to reveal like, when this is meant to be set. Is this set within the timeline of the, the current boy seasons is a set even before all because of like, if it's set during the current time then I wouldn't mind seeing some of the guys like Huey or that show up because if they're out to take out superheroes I'm sure they wouldn't be happy about a whole school basically pumping out superheroes yeah I, th- I think it's I think it looks like it's that sort of current-ish you know if it's not sort of between season three and season four, it's probably between work two and three or, or something like that. Looking at you know some of the cameos and and what have you, and it looks like Clancy Brown is in it. He's he's always good, so uh, that's uh-huh. something to look forward to. And uh, we yeah. see like um, the main character. Well, there's a lot of focus on her anyway. Was this um, sort of ability of a blood? Am I? Mm-hmm. Looks like to me she can do stuff with her blood. That looks pretty yeah. impressive. And there's also a line that's cut off where she says, "I just exploded a man's." So, um, <laughs> yeah, going by past experience, I think we can sort of guess what she's talking about. Dick really shenanigans on the on a boy's <laughs> property. <laughs> you don't <laughs> say. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'm and I'm and I'm sure that Clancy Brown's character, given his track record, will definitely not be revealed to be a villain. At any nope. point in this series. Yeah, Maria Monroe, uh, who is the name of the cat given to the character, and she basically has a clear girl she wants to be in the seven, first black woman in the seven, and clearly like she's a freshman, but she's already seen away a lot of value by the people behind the school, and clearly that's making a lot of people dislike her. 
you can see they're already preparing people to be in like the media spotlight because the whole thing with the boys is like they're always promoting stuff, always doing interviews rather than saving people. And they've got a guy trying to promote, they try to get one of the students to promote Adrian's drink. He says, I wouldn't pour this on my dick if I cured cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, but uh, her thoroughly said the blood stuff is really interesting. Like, it looked very, very like carnage. Like, you seen that mm. red stuff coming out of her hands. Oh, which on a side note, Carl, your favorite movie, Venom Let There Be Carnage, is now on Netflix, so we can finally talk about it on the show. That would mean having to watch it, and that's never going to happen. <laughs> I still can't believe you watched that. Just because of Woody Harrelson, now you watched that without watching the first one. I mean, I, I assume you, I actually think you can pick it up if you haven't watched it, but still, it's an odd choice on your end. Still, well, yeah, I never fancied the first one, but yeah, Woody Harrison and the fact it's only like eighty minutes long sort of nudged me towards giving it a go. And yeah. and the fact that it and the fact that it came into my shop as a donation, so I took it home, watched it, and then took it back and put it back on the shelf. Like goddamn. <laughs> Uh, the video, you ruined my perfect operation. I'm only supposed to take on the good shit. <laughs> so at least I didn't have to pay for pay for watching it. But it's 18 minutes of my life. I'm not getting back. I mean, Carl, you already deserve a good use of your of 18 minutes say, of your stage life. I mean, if you're not here, you're, you're talking about Formula One or tennis. So you would have wasted that 18 minutes some way or another. <laughs> Maybe in your mind. But I quite like the way the trailer sort of sets out the whole sort of la da school business and then like the second half of the trailer is like, well, there's, you know, there's bad people at the school. You see like a, perhaps a dark underbelly behind the scenes mm-hmm. of the school where there's a lot of blood and uh, perhaps experiments and mm-hmm. murder going on by the looks. So uh, it looks like it could have some good stuff going on. Absolutely, and again, considering who is by, you know, in terms of Amazon and everything, and the fact that we talk about Disney and everything, they've got a lot of superhero content. It's amazing just how prominent this show, which takes a shot with superheroes and large corporations, is on an Amazon-funded platform, uh, both across the boys and on this. And, yeah, because, like, we've seen examples of it, labs and for experiment on new ways to create superheroes and the boys, and clearly they're doing that again here. And clearly, it's because of trying to uncover shit about the school that's very fucked up from the looks of it. And I'm very curious to see how well this show does. If it gets how many series they're going to have, or is this going to be like go alongside the boys and show and when that ends, this will end, or maybe you could take this in its own direction and make it its own thing and have multiple seasons soon as. Yeah, yeah, and you can sort of. Bring them off of each other, like if um, a character does from that one join the seven and end up on the main program, or 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 some such, or cameos each way. Yeah, if they you know they do a proper shared universe, uh, it it could turn out quite good. Yeah, uh, so I, I was looking at there just online. I went on to Google and looked at a list of a thing that said uh, full cast. I was going through and so it's got cast of burn and people we've talked about so far and. Uh, actually, I can't remember her second name. Who's we've seen in the boys, and then it just comes up Jensen Ackles Ben. So I'm wondering, does that mean we're getting a we're getting a soldier boy cameo potentially at some point in Gen V? Because I'm pretty sure he was referred to as Ben 
by Crimson Countess at one point in season three. Hmm. You, you never know. There might be something there. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So maybe this is a case like you said before when I shared you the, the trailer, because I remember this being a thing, but I'd kind of forgotten about it until the trailer was going around Twitter. So it's coming out on the 29th of September. And I imagine they'll do the, the same model they did with the boys with at least a couple of episodes like together and then the rest will be like weekly and it'll take this over until whenever the boys season four comes out. Yeah, because by all accounts, uh, that's been delayed. So we might just have to make do and keep ourselves going with Gen V for now. Yeah, I think it's good that there are a certain amount of projects that are already complete. So will be, you know, released as and when, especially given that these are most of them are on streaming services, they can be released like very quickly. But any of some other things will probably be delayed due to these like strikes and everything. Like it crosses over into wrestling. Like Samoa Joe was not meant to be on a recent Ring of Honor pay per view because he's meant to go promote a TV show he's doing, but then all promotion got cancelled because of the SAG strikes. So he basically, like, oh, Tony, I'm available now. So he had to rush a, a, a short tournament over a space of two weeks to find him a challenger for his TV title. <laughs> Just, so there's all sorts of things probably being delayed for the foreseeable future, especially on Disney's end. But, uh, oh, well, glad to stay tuned to that, see how that affects this show. Yeah, we might just have to watch Soka and repeat for the next three years or, I mean, or whatever. I mean, I would not be against that. I don't think you would either. Although, <laughs> well, Bob Iger, as much as I have heard that he says that he feels like a lot, having so many of these like miniseries uh, for the MCU is taking focus away from the larger universe. So I think he's been a big reason as to why going forward we're not going to get as many of these like shows like Secret Invasion and everything, which is good. I think that was as good as the shows were in season and phase four, a lot of the films could be either hit or miss. So I think it's a case of like people aren't enjoying the movies. Let's focus on the movies. Forget the TV shows right now. I mean, part of the problem is that the, 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 it's just the, the quality is, is really mm-hmm. dipped. But, you know, if they focus on, you know, making better quality films, they probably wouldn't be, uh, you know, struggling as much as they think they are, or not, you know, making the box office returns they were hoping for. Yeah, I mean, the most recent big success has been uh, Guardians 3. I think I saw somewhere it was like the top 10, uh, like top 10 films of the year so far. Number one is Barbie, to a few people surprised. Then I think it's Mario, Guardians 3, then Oppenheimer and Force. So Guardians is still like I think I don't know if between maybe the exception of Black Panther because that did really well, but like since before Guardians, I don't know if it was a film as successful recently in Marvel other than maybe No Way Home. And that was mainly got a lot of buzz because of the the promise of the other Spider-Man being involved in that. Yeah, I, I think part of the problem is it's just. We've gone far too CGI heavy on a lot of this stuff. I mean, there's so much CGI on um, Quantumania, and a lot of it just looks ropey as hell. I mean, mm-hmm. not only was the, the way they did Murdoch crap, where you know where he's um, 
that bloke, but his, <laughs> his blown up face, the CGI for that, it just looks horrendous. No, the guy doesn't have exactly the best looking face. At all. I mean, he's, he's a very weird looking guy, in my opinion, the guy who plays Bodot, but then let's just widen his face out even more. I also love in Quantumania, they had to show you flashbacks while he was talking of the, of the first film. Otherwise, like you say, you'd be like, oh yeah, that bloke. Because I think the villain in the first time of film is probably the like twentieth most memorable thing about that film. Uh, but I have suggested, Carl, at some point we should talk about season four as a whole, like break, or do like a podcast discussing that, and then at some point when this current phase is done, we'll discuss that as well, showing like the difference in Marvel since the last Avengers before the next one. So. I'll pencil that in at some point. There's a little taster of what you can expect, but speaking of Guardians, I did actually mean to mention this to you off air, but uh, as soon as I finished Secret Invasion, also it comes up with little suggestions about stuff that's either on Disney Plus that you can watch or stuff that's coming up. And I might have got it wrong before, but I definitely haven't got it right wrong this time. Uh, I've seen it there on Disney Plus August 2nd, I believe it is, Guardians 3 comes to Disney Plus. All right. So that's not too far away, that. So there you go. There's something to fill the gaps between now and Ahsoka. Because I don't know if they've done maybe a deal with some of these other streaming services, but they, they seem to be hitting Prime first now for a, a few weeks, perhaps. So, you know, because, because they come on the home, sort of the early home release where you have to pay like 15, 15 quid to, to buy them. So maybe that's, you know, get a bit of extra money before they put it on Disney Plus for, for you know, well, you know, not free because you still have to pay subscription, but for no yeah. added cost. Because it didn't quite work when they tried charging people for, for films during lockdown, did it? Was it Mulan they tried it with or something? Mm-hmm. And, and no, like, no, like no bugger. Well, yeah, and nobody watched them. So that, that, that experiment didn't work. I'd briefly I'd listen to your recent show with uh, with Sam Carmigo, available in the back catalogue, by the way, uh, where you guys discuss when they tried that, and I'd forgotten all about it until you mentioned it, and I had that well, like, fuck yeah, I remember that. That was very early on in the UK having Disney Plus and shit like that, because obviously these are films that were meant to come in much earlier, but pandemic fucked everything up mm. for them. Yeah, a lot tried to pay per view and. Add a bit of you know, you know, charge a bit extra to watch. So even football tried it, and they tried it with the most. Then, unless you're an actual supporter of these two teams, Burnley versus Brighton, nobody and that diehard fans are going to pay an extra fifteen quid on top of that Sky Sports subscription to watch that. So yep. luckily, like- they, they scrapped it after I think a couple of attempts. I mean, I'm not even a football fan, even I know that's not a good idea. Even I know those aren't the teams to do. <laughs> no. <laughs> just by the just by the names all I know that's not the uh, the teams to do with. But yeah. You can you can have some faith when you sit down eventually to watch Guardians 3 when it comes out that you'll get some quality there because I've been I've been wanting to rewatch it since I went to see it and I didn't get a chance to go back and see it while it was still in cinemas. But tr- trust me, there are scenes that go harder than you think they will and Hopefully this will give you some faith faith about what what James Gunn's going to do with the DC universe. Let's hope. But yeah, I've heard good things about Guardians 3, so um, I am looking forward to that one. I mean, Carl, you have finally, through some sort of 
like home streaming because we talked about it last week. It's already available on certain platforms. You have finally went to see the. You finally made. You have finally found a way to watch the DC masterpiece that is the Flash. I have, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't quite call it a masterpiece, <laughs> but I, yeah, you know, I didn't hate it. I mean, my tongue was firmly planted in cheek there <laughs> with that last <laughs> statement. <laughs> and I remember I got your message that you'd seen it, and then you said, "Oh, I had to agree with you." And so I was like, "Oh, really? Like, Scarlet better come and have some big defense of the film. We're gonna have a debate here live on the show." And then he said, like, I like Michael Keaton. I didn't say I didn't like Michael Keaton. I just thought, like, there are very much a lot of, like, lazy repeats in the first film, which I don't even hit that well because you've seen them in the trailer, although I did pop for hearing the music and, like, the original score and everything. Yeah, that's pretty good. I was expecting him to start off, like, all, you know, scraggly long hair and, and beard yeah. and that. So that's that sort of... That, that was a bit of a surprise. It's, um, but yeah, I, I thought it, I thought it was cool. And I didn't mind that he was, you know, repeating lines from the other. That's what you want from these, uh-huh. you know, a bit of fan service cameos. It's something I never thought I'd see again. And you know, Michael Keaton portraying Batman, mm-hmm. and you know, to see that original, well, the original film Batmobile as well. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a thing of beauty that Batmobile. <laughs> uh, what about the rest of the film? What were your what were your thoughts on? I mean, we we can get into spoilers here because judging by the recent numbers, I said that I looked at the top ten films box office wise. Flash was number nine, so like either some people have either already seen it or they didn't bother asking going to see it. So I don't think anyone listening to this cares about any spoilers. I was I wasn't a fan of the op- the the opening few minutes a bit you know the hospital where he's saving the babies and that again more more shitty CGI and oh. it just seemed it just seemed a bit sort of an unnecessary scene I don't know why they wanted to crowbar Batfleck into it and I wasn't I wasn't. I wasn't too keen on his new his new Batman suit either. It looked like it was sort of trying to be a little bit old school of sort of grey, but you know, grey and uh, navy blue. But mm-hmm. I, I did find it quite funny when um, Wonder Woman show, showed up. So I wasn't expecting that because I thought Gal Gadot had been, uh, you know, dropped from the role, but obviously not before this was made. And a little bit with the. Uh, the, the lasso of truth was, was quite humorous, to be fair. Yeah, I mentioned in the last uh, episode where I said like there are certain scenes that even me, somebody who likes Spinny's different belief, was even like, oh, come on to fuck. That baby's one is right up there. I mean, first off, the whole saving a group bunch of babies is the most cliche superhero thing, like, it seems like it should be from like the original fucking Batman TV show. Like, oh my, how heroic he saved these children from from dying. But uh, yeah, the, the effects here, and then how it's also oh these babies are plunging to their death. Let's play it for last by him. He's too hungry to have any speed left, so let's have him just making a burrito in the middle of the air. Like, what? And yeah, the effects were absolutely fucking. Dope. By the way. I don't care how slow he's moving, that fall, the babies would have still died by the time he saved them. I don't give a care why anyone says that fall is not good for a fucking infant. And then after dying with Barry, I don't think they knew what they wanted him to be. Do they want him to be a bit quirky, totally an idiot, 
and then the interactions with him and other other Barry, like past Barry or whatever, when he goes back in time, are god awful. <laughs> I mean, some of them were okay, but then you remember this is an arsehole acting off an arse, another version of himself. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the effects of them both being together were pretty good. I didn't see anything that made me think, oh yeah, that looks a bit ropey. They're not, you know, he's not really there with with his other self uh, in terms of the film. So, so fair play to that. But it's just a, not a very likable bloke, and um, he doesn't play the character in a very likable way either. To um to be perfectly honest so it is kind of hard to sort of get behind him uh i did like what they did with supergirl though i like mm-hmm. i like the casting of uh i think it's sasha something is it um so i think she's scheduled to do a a, a supergirl movie isn't she in her, in her own right from what i, I believe it. so that, that could be cool don't know if it's going to fit into one of James Gunn's universe. Is there anything that maybe some DC characters who do films don't fit into his universe, like the Robert Pattinson films? We said anything along that lines might is considered Elseworlds films. So I think if they do do a Supergirl one, it will probably be like a Elseworld thing. See, it just doesn't make any sense, and it's still. I thought they brought James Gunn into you know obviously. All of DC and you know streamline it and make it make sense. So what's about then doing his own Batman and then you're still doing the Robert Pattinson's Batman? It just you know make your mind up and do one or the other. They're, they're still you know they're still all over the place and they're still gonna keep bollocks in it up. I think. Yeah, I, I'm hopeful. I mean, we'll see what happens when this new Superman film comes out. But I remember watching this film and seeing the bits with. First off, I forgot Jeremy Irons was Alfred for the Ben Affleck Batman. And then seeing the scenes with him in it, I thought, he's actually pretty good as Alfred. I forgot how much I liked him. And then I, didn't, I realized I didn't really mind Ben Affleck as Batman all that much. Uh, I got some thoughts from my brother who finally watched it on home video as well. He sent me these. He, went, he said, he said he was like halfway through watching when he sent this. He went, who are my thoughts so far? The CGI is awful. Ezra Miller was the wrong choice even before his legal tro- problems. This is a problem with bringing six films in advance and hiring some guy from a few who had a few indie films. He's just so unlikable. Past Barry is so fucking annoying. He compares Barry's mum's death to Uncle Ben and Bruce Wayne's mum and dad, probably because he and I have seen that death happen a few times when you watch the Flash TV show. Keaton is hilarious, but that wig, sweet Jesus. Uh, and he says, Affleck and Irons, Batman and Alfred deserved better, which I agree with. Yeah, I, th- I think I think they've been harsh on um, Ben Affleck as Batman. I don't think I, I think he's I think he's right for the role they wanted. It was you know it's not his fault. He was working with um, a poor you know a poor script and and, and movie Batman versus Superman. Although it does have its moments. I mean that bit where. Um, he kicks ass in the where in the warehouse to to yeah. save Superman's mum. Uh, it's is is really good stuff. To be fair, so there's some good. There are some good bits sort of stuck in a bad in a bad movie, which you know you do get. I mean, not all move. Not all movies are, are bad all the way through. Some do have the odd 
decent scene or redeeming redeeming scene. Not all so I just crap all the way through, but um not all so yeah, it's a it's it's a shame, but yeah, I like what they did with uh, Supergirl. I thought General Zod was wasted, unfortunately. I can see what they were trying to do there, but uh, he doesn't really get a huge amount to do. But I do like the idea that um, you know that they're all Supergirl and Batman on that planet are destined to die and that planet's doomed no matter what you do. And he's become, the, the younger version of us has become obsessed with trying to save him. And God, looks like he's spent years and years mm-hmm. going backwards to to find a way to try and I'm thinking this mind, I've almost got it, I've almost got it, but each time he tries it, it, it never works. It's like the um, the thing in it, the definition of madness, basically. Yeah, yeah there are a lot of good ideas somewhere in here. Mm. And I think the execution of it, the fact that also there were several reshoots given the troubles with Ezra Miller, then the fact that they're main star who you need to have two versions of, so he takes <laughs> up a lot of screen time, that black cloud covering covering the film. And everything, plus the reputation of DC's recent outings, reshoots for this film. Literally everything was seemingly working against us, and it gave us a film that should be a lot more than it is. Because uh, I, mean, yeah, I, I kept hearing before it was released that they they dropped, you know, they cut all the uh, Michael Keaton Batman bits out of the film. And then when they started releasing the trailers, he's there quite prominently. So. I don't know if that was a falsehood or they changed their minds because they, because of all the Edmund Miller tr- troubles. They thought perhaps we better put Michael Keaton back in to draw to draw some people into the box office. I don't know. I, th- I think the fact that he and Superman were so prominent featuring the trailer so much so that their logos come up before the flashes in the trailers. I think they were hoping that the addition of them plus Batfleck being in there uh, was a case of like. Yes, I know this guy is not like a public with all the other stuff going on. Please still go see the film. I mean, I just, uh, yeah, I just understand the, for no good reason, a lot of people think they canned the Batwoman film, which is pretty much, you know, f- you know, all film. They, they, I don't think they did post production, but, um, you know, it was all. It was all filmed. Um, they they can that for no reason. Yeah, you got this this film that no nobody really asked for. The only reason I was intrigued because of Michael Keaton coming back to reprise Batman because he's the bat because I'm an old fart. He's the Batman. You know, I I grew up with. Um, uh, so I was, you know, I was really intrigued with really intrigued with that. But um, you know, when when you consider everything as well as Mer's you know, done and been up to, and you know, they bloody mindedly stick with him in the lead and with this film. Where in some cases they'll just drop the like, like they will be pretty much dropped um, the guy who played Kang. I forgot his name. Oh yeah, Jonathan Majors. Yeah, and then he's been he's been cleared in court. Doesn't always necessarily mean you are completely innocent, but sure. but still, uh, you know. And this guy is, you know, I think he's guilty, but I don't want to say anything that gets us into trouble. So I don't. <laughs> so got to be careful. So he might not be. So, um, but it's you know, it's well known what he did, but they still stick with him anyway. It just doesn't make sense. 
and the sheer number of stories I've heard about Ezra Miller, the ones you can find. I did like with the third or second or third thing that comes up when you type in Ezra Miller is Ezra Miller like controversies or something like that shows you that I think there's a lot more against him than there was against the guy who played mm. Kang. And I think I don't know if Disney or Marvel want any more potential negative press, even if he has been cleared or anything. Again, like you said, lack of evidence or whatever doesn't automatically mean innocence. Just means they couldn't yet prove it. Sometimes, sometimes it does mean you're innocent, but but we can't assume that the guy did nothing wrong. So. Yes, yes, a you know, court of public opinion and all that thing. But then you had some idiot from Warner Bros. who were saying, like, oh, it wouldn't be right to, to recast Ezra Miller. He's just so good in the role or some shit like that. Like, he's, he's, when you really look at it, he isn't really that great of a Barry Allen, if, I, if I'm honest. Nah, yeah. I mean, they could have just, I mean, I don't see why they couldn't have just used the bloke from the series, really. Yeah. But there you go. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help the fact he's so, he's not that likable the best of times. And then there was allegations, whereas from all accounts, when you hear interviews and everything, you see the guy, Grant Gustin, who played on the TV, so looks like one of the most likable guys in the fucking universe. Mm. You know, the guy was in fucking Glee, for God's sake, before that. So, you, know, you can't get more wholesome than that. And he, he, we've got two very polar opposites playing the same character by all, by all accounts. Uh, it's just fucking weird, yeah. Like, I did see some memes online, like taking the piss out of like imagine being the, the PR guy for Ezra Miller after all these controversies. Like DC, we got all we got this film with troubled reshoots, a star with all this controversy and all these allegations against him. We can do the only logical thing: you need to cancel back, you know. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and then they're surprised when it doesn't when it flops at the box office. It, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but I did like I did like the. Um, the George Clooney cameo at the yeah. at the end. I wasn't expecting that, so that, that that was a nice bit of fun to to end the film with. I thought, yeah, which is weird because the phone on the phone it clearly sounds like Ben Affleck, but as soon as he steps out, like, oh, it's George Clooney. He and Ben Affleck sound fuck all. Like, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I can't couldn't tell there was a different guy on the phone, but yeah, out comes George Clooney. And, you know, I thought, what the hell? Like, I was confused, but I laughed at the cinema. And then I was even more confused, like, wait, that's how it ends? <laughs> that's the end of the film. <laughs> like, who the said, oh, it needs to come out, because this is the Flashpoint, it's a reboot of the universe. You know, like it was in the comics, so it explains why the whole universe is different now under James Gunn. It really doesn't, because you've got <laughs> stuff in its own universe, clearly, like the four patterns and stuff. You don't really need a whole film to explain why stuff's different. Just have James Gunn just go on a big PR tour. They're like, listen... I know you think all of the DC stuff we've done before is a bit shit and most of you probably didn't go see it, but just go see my Superman film and come in a couple of years. This is going to start a whole new thing for DC. It'll be better, I promise. Just give me a shot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's clearly not rebooting the US. Because clearly, even though like, some stuff's still different in Barry's world, I doubt James Gunn's first option is, ben, is uh, either Ben Affleck or George Clooney to be his new Batman, even though given the storyline he wants to do, the two actors, both of them might actually be the the right age to be that kind of Batman. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's I think it's just uh, just for you know, a, a nostalgia pop and <laughs> and everything more more than more than anything. But yeah, I think James Gunn's got his work cut out if he wants to get this universe sorted. I mean, the thing with 
Marvel, they always had a long-term plan and, you know, they released a few standalone movies, see how they, they would do, and if they did well enough, they always knew they were going to have this expanded universe where DC have sort of seen this happening and they're desperately trying to play catch-up, um, sort of sort of laying the groundwork properly. They jumped straight into the deep end with armband, without armband, so to speak, and they, they sank rather than swam. The thing is, like James Gunn, the most, some of the best of DC's done recently is by James Gunn with Suicide Squad and mm. Peacemaker. I don't even know if he's even said if that's involved in his, his current plan or if that's its own thing either. So, because it's really like you don't, because really like, you know, who would have thought the main thing you need to get something good at DC the last couple of years was James Gunn and casting John Cena play a superhero with a weird metal thing on his head. Mm-hmm. But it worked. Right. It Shall we get to uh, why we're here and the final yep. episode of Secret Invasion? Yeah, we definitely haven't been avoiding this at all. <laughs> again, it's, 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 again, it's weird because the first few episodes, you know, they were quite long. They were like 50 minutes to an hour and there was quite a lot happening. And then these last few episodes, which there's two, there's been a lot shorter and a, and a lot less sort of mm-hmm. happening. So, you know, it's quite easy to sort of, sort of get into it. We sort of, so we sort of see who, what we think is um, Nick Fury making his way through um, the Skrulls, the Skrulls base. Um and also, in between this happening, we, we see um, Olivia Coleman's character. Um, she contacts Rhodey, sort of pretending she doesn't realise he's a squirrel town. You know, you got to get the president out there. So, you know, they're, they're coming for him. So um, he, he buys that, and they try and move the president out of his hospital room. Um uh, every time they sort of get down a different corridor, um, different uh, uh, a different number of um, Secret Service agents are, are taken out, we assume, by uh, Coleman's character. And uh, then we go back to Nick Fury um, going through the Skrulls base, which we know is uh, on a radio- radioactive bit of land and he's sort of slowing down and, and struggling and coughing and trying to take these these pills to to keep him going and uh, eventually he gets to the main room with the uh, super scroll machine in it and, and graphics there waiting for him and um, they have a bit of a, he hands him the um what do we? What was it called? The, the harvest. harvest. That's yeah. it. And Garrick sort of tells him why he sort of went against him and and everything. And um, he turns on the turns on the machine for some reason with Nick Fury in it and makes himself into a super scroll. But lo and behold, nobody saw this coming. It wasn't Nick Fury after all. It was Gaia. Mm-hmm. Um, pretend to be Nick Fury, so he's made her into a super scroll as well. And um, we see 
Nick Fury is in the hospital after all, helping Sonya take down the um, uh, Secret Service agents so they can get to um, Rhodey and and the president. And they're trying to convince him that Rhodey's scroll and not to go through with this nuclear strike because it'll cause you know a war that they, that they don't want. And Rhodey's saying, "Look, they're talking gibberish." You gotta do the strike now. The president's in two minds what to do. And then we get this sort of what could have been an epic battle between Gaia and Gravik, but it, I don't know. It doesn't quite hit home somehow, does it? It's all over a bit too quickly in my in my book. I mean, one thing I was worried about which thing I was but he's given recent issues with FX people being rushed with deadlines is that the effects on this scene didn't look as bad as they could have done. You know? No, no, I don't think they looked too bad, to be fair. No. Yeah, I mean, I went back and forth on my issues with the uh, my feelings about the She-Hulk effects, but apparently mm. it wasn't that bad. But yeah, just the weird different like, changes. I also always thought it was just the main Avengers you cleaned up, like, and you said the battle in your guy, I assume he means the battle, because I think they had that base somewhere just outside New York, where they had that battle at the end of the end, and that's the battle he's talking about, but like, there's so many people on that harvest. Like, how the fuck did you get all of their DNA? How did all these people bleed? And also, there are certain people who, whose powers are like, those people weren't even there. Like, how the <laughs> fuck did you get, did you have those secretly on files? So how long have you been putting this harvest together? And how did you not know that some alien like them or some other threat would want to try and steal this from you, Fury? I don't care how well you hid it. So and why didn't they just dispose of it, burn it or something? Why 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 was he keeping it? What what reason you know, what reason does does he want it for if he knows it could be dangerous that it falls into the wrong hands? And so you going right into the uh Fury thing or are we thinking Fury isn't really skipping over a lot because all we miss out on is a, a phone call between Fury and the with uh, Priscilla, who we don't even know if that was even the real Fury that phoned her, and then Fury in a road's being addicted to some other military people. Like, no, no, we should definitely bomb the bomb the Russian. We should definitely launch. A, he's getting the full on villain mode, like so much so that everyone the person looks like an idiot just for listening to him because how blatant his desire is to just bomb everybody and try and encourage them to start this war. And plus, he writes him a script to I don't even know what what Rory's official title is. He's not in the role that would require him to write a speech, and the president would have to say, like, he would have some sort of other assistant for that kind of thing. I mean, again, I don't think any. We talked about with the navy stuff uh, a couple of episodes ago, but I don't think anybody who wrote the show knew knows what proper roles within the military actually are. Oh no, and I'm not sure he's a high enough standing to be berating an admiral like he was no. as well. I know, like, and no, everyone just stands there. Nobody tells him off, but nobody even says anything back to him. They just stand there and tell him, "Like, did you have a stupid fill for?" He's like, he, he, he treats her the way that fucking Homelander treats like Ashley from mm. bottom. Like, is your idiot brain being fucked by stupid? <laughs> but yeah, and then Gaia staying in the 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 machine, like, yeah, like, why would he be fearing the gravity? Not thinking potentially Fury would get powers because. Because I had the back of my mind, like, oh, imagine it was Gaia secretly, and like this is all part of a trap by Fury. Because clearly, when just hat walking this nuclear facility, pills or not, which he does drop, uh, and just hand this DNA over to Gravity, he would have some sort of plan. I'm wondering how is he going to get out of this? And like, 
for the time before they reveal a guy, which I had in the back of my head, I like, they wouldn't give Nick Fury of all people fucking superpowers, would they? Like, you know, the whole thing about Nick Fury is that he's amongst all these superpower people, but he still seems to be somewhat in control despite not being a hero himself. So that would have been the other stupid thing to do. Well, yeah, true. No, um, they probably thought it'd, it would either kill Fury or just not do anything to him at all, or he wouldn't have switched it on with him in there. But I was pretty much 99.9% sure it was going to turn out to be Gaia. It's a decent enough scene before you realise that it's her. Between the two, like, Grav explains the skin that you take, like, this is the first man I ever killed, and the first man I killed because of you. I mean, he had a wife and kids, yes, he was misguided, but he had a family, and I killed them because you have made me. Uh, I still can't control his fucking accents. I don't know where the guy he killed was from. <laughs> so, I like the idea of Gravit more than I like the actual way he's been portrayed in this series. I think it's my final thoughts on, on him. But, yeah, the fight scene is, is decent enough, all his weird ability. The guy was real, weirdly confident in her ability to stop Gravit, because if he killed her, you know, rather than having what we have now, which is a good scroll with all these, oh, the shitload of abilities, we would have had an evil scroll going with all these abilities, and, like, there was no way Fury was going to fucking stop him if Guy had been killed. Yeah, ex- exactly. And um, the the fact that she manages to choose all the best powers to defeat him, I mean, that was a, that was a stroke of luck, wasn't it? I mean, the one bit that did look dodgy, like, they're changing the arms every so often. Some things look good, some things that didn't. The one that looked really weird was just Amelia Clark, regular Amelia Clark, standing there with, like, her arm looking like Drax. That was the one that didn't, <laughs> that didn't really click for me. And I said this to you, and I said it to a couple of people, and I stand by it. Sam Jackson, pretending to be Gaia, pretending to be Fury, is still a better acting performance than anything Amelia Clark's giving us <laughs> in this series. Yeah, it, it, it does look like she's not the best actress in the world, to be fair. She was reasonable as Daenerys, but it, it turns in other stuff that I've seen her in have not have been less than convincing, shall we say. I, think I, I, thought, I know it would be weird to get an actor of her caliber and it would cost as much as her to just to kill her very quickly, but I think I stand by the idea that Gaia should have been... Gaia probably should have been killed off in episode 3 because I think it would mean more like imagine if it was secretly Talos pretending to be Fury and he like, got these abilities that would mean more because like this guy killed his wife and his daughter and now he's because like it should mean the same with Gaia like, oh, he, like we didn't see it but apparently he killed her mother and he killed Talos we saw that happen but it just doesn't like you said hit the way it should it's like a big emotional like battle because you've just been because originally you thought it was Fury in front of them and feel like I'm doing this on my own because, oh, I have to clear up my mess. Like, but you haven't cleared up mess. You've sent Gaia to do it for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would have been better if it was killed, perhaps killed off Gaia and then it'd have given um, Talos more motivation to, to, to go after Gravik. And you could have just had him in that uh, battle with Gravik rather than. Uh, uh, than uh, Gaia, and it it wouldn't, you know, it probably would have been better t- to be honest, because Ben Mendelsohn's a better act, a better actor. But um, you know, they went in that direction for whatever reason. So there you go. Do you think she's gonna? Do you think they plan to put her in future projects or something? Well, it seems like it, given how the episode ended. But something you need to consider, like don't piss Gaia off because. 
with all these abilities there, she's still got them inside her. Like, this must make Guy, like, literally the most powerful person in the MCU with all those abilities. Like, she's got, like, abilities from almost different, every different Avenger, given how many names popped up on that computer. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, did neither of them have um, Scarlet Witch's powers? Because they could have just made the other one disappear or turn into atoms or dust if, and ended the fight straight away, if that's the case, because she was definitely in that battle, wasn't she? So, Yeah. Scarlet Witch doesn't bleed for anybody. She doesn't get time to bleed. <laughs> I, I did like the stuff in the hospital, because, like you said, Sonya tells them, oh, Fury's coming in and moved to prison, but Really, it was a double bluff because Fury actually was there, but they were just trying to move him into position. It was more easier for them to corner him and convince the president yeah. that Rudy was a squirrel. And I do like when she pops out, like he goes, looks into her and thinks it's clear. And she pops out, like, I'm not even checking behind the doors. You really are a squirrel, aren't you? <laughs> and like, but no buts, just yours, backing up that way. She's consistently been the best, the best character. Oh, yeah. With the best dialogue in uh, in the series, she's she's been brilliant. They definitely need to 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 bring more of her into the MCU. Nothing else. Oh yeah, she, Olivia Coleman is definitely the MVP. Sometimes I did, I sometimes consider her maybe people slightly overestimate her acting ability because like people did go mad for her and like to everything she did. Like, I've seen her and stuff, or I thought she was great, but you know she's an Oscar and everything. But then this came along like, nope, Olivia Coleman is officially a national treasure in my eyes. If she wasn't already, I mean, she is. Never, never mind playing the fucking queen. This is our best role here. Never mind our Oscars. This is the best thing I've seen her play. Give, I, I've been saying to anyone who will listen, let this Gaia stuff at the end lead to Olivia Coleman getting her own Disney Plus series. Give her as many episodes as she wants. Six seasons in a movie, in my <laughs> opinion. <laughs> Sonia Fallsworth Cat Chronicles. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Just taking place over across multiple times, like much like the crown, but it's just her. No no recasting, just always Olivia Coleman. But you just don't expect Olivia Coleman to pop up playing playing a character who actually enjoys torturing <laughs> um people slash aliens. It's just yeah, it was something I never knew I needed to say. It's amusing just how long Olivia Coleman's been going and uh, they like she's feels like she's been around for ages and yet she's consistently as time goes on being in bigger things and consistently knocking it out of the park. I mean like the first time I saw her was in Bloody Hot Fuzz and that was in two thousand and seven. Oh I know exactly. She's been she's been around for a, a good while. I think I think just before that she was in Peep Show. Like she was a reoccurring character in that. She's like David Mitchell's like love interest in that. Yeah, she used to do a fair bit with Mitchell and Webb. I think she used to pop up on the Mitchell and Webb look, their little sketch series that they did as well. So, yeah, she's yeah. just like gone from strength to strength, really. The best thing from that is like that scene where they play two Nazis and one of them does the other, like, are we the baddies? Yeah. <laughs> We've got skulls on our uniforms. Like, okay, what kind of good guy has a skull on his uniform? That seems very baddie yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is hilarious. <laughs> well, there's that and the football sketch, where it's just him going around on football, football, watch all of the football. <laughs> He's like giving a non football fans respect of all the football that's going on. Like, <laughs> what does he say? Is uh, like, ah, the Titans of Ipswich take on the Giants of Charlton, making them both seem normal size. 
Oh, I love the one when he's playing like a, a Blofeld type villain and he wants like all these traps made, but health and safety is like, oh, you can't, you can't do that. Or he also presses the button to put someone in like the, the pit beneath the table and like this, this clacks and covers over the head and like a little thing around the chair. <laughs> I thought you were. I thought, when you said a blowfield there. I thought you were going to talk about the government one dude did, where like I try to figure out how to save money and save the economy. Have you tried killing the poor? <laughs> I mean, I'm saying do. I just type in the computer and see if it would be effective. If it's not, then we won't do it. Just say have you don't know unless you try. Yeah, anyway, yeah. classic but, content. But yeah, but yeah. What's also classic content is every time Sonya falls off his on screen and secret invasion, and then eventually, you know. They, they try and negotiate, but then Rodi eventually gets sick of it, tries to grab a gun, and then just gets blow, shot right in the head by, by Fury. Big fuck off purple stain right on the wall. Because uh, obviously the squirrels bleed purple, and you see them change back into squirrel form. But then after convincing the president not to launch a bomb. He goes uh, He goes and makes his press conference. So he basically declares war on all scrolls anyway. So he's, you know, he's done the typical yank thing in these, in these series. Uh, you know, they just go, they just declare full war on them anyway. So it hasn't really turned out that great. I was wondering if when they were looking through those, um, warehouses and that where, they, where they've got all the the different people um you know how captive they've um copied and uh, emulated and and whatnot they did they'd find one of the president somewhere but they never they never did that that would have made more sense mm-hmm. of why he suddenly declared war on on all scrolls so um yeah, uh, that, that, that was a bit of a funny bit. Then you got all these cameos of you know, Martin Freeman showing up as he's freed and that. I mean, what a waste of Martin Freeman. I know. Yeah, that little bit at the beginning and then a tiny bit at the end where <laughs> basically doesn't do anything. Very hard. I for- forgot all about him, if I'm honest with you. I forgot he was even in this. And then the most thing that they don't even address properly here, Rodie's, I'm pretty sure, is wearing a hospital gown when he's freed, and the only other time I remember him being potentially in hospital is when he got shot down during Civil War, and he had issues with his legs. So has Roddy been a squirrel since the end of Civil War? Don't know, don't know, but he, it, it, it looked like he couldn't walk because they were having to help him. So, um, so yeah, so, so, so maybe, who knows? Honestly, like, this thing's set up more questions at the end, and again, some of them still aren't answered. It probably won't be answered to other things. And even then, when it goes on to those other shows that it might spin off to, or films, I don't think some of these questions are ever going to get answered, which is the most frustrating thing about this series. But in a way, Gravity does win, and it just starts some sort of war, but it's like humans and squirrels rather than humans against each other. Because there's a bit where Fuse on the phone to him, it cuts to these cuts, which gets very dark, where there's still some squirrels being there who get killed, or like the Christopher Donald playing that fox, so he's still on his squirrel form. He gets shot and revealed, oh, he's still a squirrel. But then there's a guy who tries to sh- who shoots the Prime Minister, thinking she's still a squirrel, but accidentally kills the actual Prime Minister. 
and like people coming after people because they think they're squirrels, which is just killing these innocent people getting killed. Like a very fucking grim bit for the what's meant to be the kind of wrap up for the fucking series. And and nobody would ever get that close to the the British Prime Minister uh, with a gun. I mean, because you know people, you know, the Prime Minister would have been shot long ago. But by now, if that if that was possible, so you know, it's, it's all it's all very messy and and and, and unrealistic at, at times, but. Uh, it started I mean, off, told- the first two episodes started off a lot of promise, like we might get some cool sort of espionage type thriller, but then it, it ve- you know, veered way way from that, and I think, I know, perhaps they realised, you know, the only six episodes, didn't have enough time to to go that deep into that sort of thing, so we had to change tack a little bit, I don't know. I mean, if you convince me the last two premises we had before Richie Sunak were all squirrels, uh, squirrels uh, I would have believed you. But, you know, other than that, you can't. <laughs> so, be there, like you said, you couldn't you get close to your prime minister unless you go to a party at Christmas time. But <laughs> I want it one time try to be political and it's probably out of date. But anyway, yeah, this film, let's show you they should have had more episodes or should have been some kind of movie. Because it's very rare that it's very rare that we see or oh, something has time issues like pacing and letting the story play out. Usually, say oh, it shouldn't be a film; it should be a TV show. It's very rare you say a TV show should be a film because <laughs> I think maybe if it's a film, they would have hit the key points that they needed to, and it would have feel felt more like structured in the end. But yeah, and I said to you earlier on, oh, what a great setup for the Marvels this was because Carol Danvers' powers were very prominent during that fight scene to help Gaia defeat. Uh, Gravik, her Captain Marvel's name was mentioned several times, and then mention of the Creed during that bit with Priscilla and and Fury talking about the, the Creed wanting to potentially negotiate peace with the Skrulls, which I'm assuming is going to play into the Marvels because maybe the Creed wanted to discuss peace with the Skrulls, but the villain in this is like a rogue part of a rogue faction of the Creed who doesn't want that, and maybe they'll find a home for the Skrulls at the end of the Marvels. So, which then basically means you could have just added some extra flashbacks to fucking, to fucking the Marvels and you probably wouldn't have needed Secret Invasion if that's what that's going to lead to. Maybe. It might not have much to do with what happened on on this at all. Who, who blimmin' knows? I'll just combine the two. Put Gravik in fucking the Marvels or somehow put the Skrulls, put a group of evil Skrulls and evil Kree working together to cause unrest. It's part of the main villain plot of the Marvels and you don't need Secret Invasion. Because at the end of the day, that's the worst thing I can say about this series, is that at the end of it, I don't know, out of all the ones done so far, it feels the most pointless in the end. Yeah, yeah, it probably does, to be fair. It's it's, it's such a shame, because he started off quite well with... Um, the, uh, the the Scarlet Witch and Vision series was pretty good. The with Soldier and Falcon one was okay. Loki was brilliant. And, and so since then we've been on a, a, a steady decline, really. I, I still maintain, I don't think Hawkeye gets a, nearly enough love. Oh, yeah, Hawkeye, Hawkeye, Hawkeye was quite good, actually. I enjoyed Hawkeye, yeah, quite right. You talk, talk about ones that are trying to be grounded. This one, that was an actual grounded one, whereas this one, half the time, wanted to be a serious grounded SBN and show. 
when you're dealing with shape-shifting fucking aliens. I think they realised that then and went, fuck it, let's just go all out shape-shifting superhero mm-hmm. fight at the end. Oh. And, but like they did try and save it at the end by giving you one little last piece of Sonya Fallsworth when she when she tracks down Gaia at the end. She's like, I'm not going to try and pretend to be your fellow next day. I'm going to use you, but you can also use me. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a strange it was a strange program, and I and I could not give a shit about the Nick Fury Priscilla relationship at all. Maybe if we'd known he had a wife uh, in some earlier movies, and and uh, and we'd had more time to get to know this character rather than the space of a handful of episodes in the series, I might have cared a bit more about her, but. She's not really given enough screen time or enough to do to make me to make me really give two shits if I'm completely honest. I mean, and I like talking about how the first few episodes had promise. I mean, the audience scores on the scores on Rotten Tomatoes for these episodes show that because episode one had the highest score of the series with fifty two percent, then it went to fifty, thirty eight for episodes three and four, fifty percent again, and went back up to it in episode five. Episode six is thirteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. They've had the lowest rated MCU episodes ever, and maybe the lowest rated MCU thing ever, because I don't really think even some of the worst films got as low as 13%. Like, I don't even think Eternals got 13% because there's some people out there who will still defend that movie for some reason. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it does feel like the bed has firmly been shat here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's 13% bad, but it, it certainly wasn't great. Uh, I think people, when somebody doesn't quite live up to expectations, have a tendency to, to to lash out and go a bit go a bit too crazy one way or the other. It certainly wasn't good, but I don't think it was... Uh, I don't think it was 13% bad. Maybe, you know, 25% bad. Something like that. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they do seem to be losing their way with, uh, with Marvel. I think it just needs a rest. It's like they had a clear cut plan up to um, uh, End Game, uh, and and since then it's been on a on a on a steady decline because it's like they know it's a money maker and and they're sort of afraid to. To let it go, aren't they? They're determined to to keep milking it. But I think perhaps after Endgame, they should have had a, a a couple of years break from doing anything, you know, Marvel at all. And then perhaps in that two years, they could have thought out a bit of a better plan and way to go because it all, it's all seeming a bit dis, you know, bit disjointed and and not and unsure of where they really want to go with it all of a sudden. They've become DC. Oh, that's a dig and a half. That's just a bit more colour. (laughs) But, you know, I think I think the issue was like Kang and Quantumania, they had a clear vision. After season four, they were like setting little things up, but they were just try testing, like inducing new characters, try to there's a lot of laying the groundwork and not a lot actually progressing, which we weren't used to after the last three seasons, uh, like three phases, sorry. But I think, okay, we're going to start with Quantum A, start setting up Kang for this eventual Avengers film. 
Pontebania got fucking shot all over because of the effect, and then there was legal issues around Jonathan Majors. Then Guardians was like, games around like, this is not connecting to anything, this is just me wrapping up my own thing, and then I'm fucking off. And then this tried something I don't know. I think quite soon we need to figure out, okay, we've got a thing with Kang, you want to get to that Kang Dynasty Avengers film in 2025, start telling us how you're going to get there. And I think hopefully when Loki comes out with season two fairly soon, I think it actually is maybe quite soon from now, uh, hopefully then, because like Kang is a big part of that, hopefully that will help get the, the the franchise back on track. I can We can only hope. Yeah, yeah, that, that's let's hope so. Um, now he's sort of being cleared in whatever way he's been being cleared. I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of his his trial or whatever. Hopefully mm-hmm. they can, uh, yeah, get, get things get things back again. I hope Loki is good is good. Um, mm-hmm. If that shits the bed as well, then we're really in trouble. Yeah, really in trouble. And again. I'm interested how they go around that because I'm assuming that was already shot before all illegal hullabaloo and Jonathan Majors is obviously a big part of that. So I'm wondering how they're going to get around that. Maybe they'll say, like, listen, we filmed it all before all that. Still not sure if we're keeping him around yet. Just, you know, he's not Ezra Miller bad, so please try and <laughs> please still watch Loki. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to see what happens on that one. I'm more interested, more when like because we see Fury, he has to go back to space because we see him in that fucking trailer mm. for the Marvel. So you knew that had to happen. But the stuff with Gaia and Sonya was more interesting. And yeah, that's the stuff I want to see where that goes more so than whatever Fury is up to. Yeah, totally. And uh, are we going to see Priscilla in uh, cameo in this movie, perhaps because she's gone with him just to get you started. Yeah. She's all like, oh, my work is here. Like, why the fuck did you come all that way then? Do you need him? <laughs> Make no sense. She's, she's the scrub that she wants to stay on Earth, and he's a human, and he wants to go into the space station. Eh, weirdos. I know. They're the original odd couple. Uh, I don't even know what else I can really say about this show or this episode. I don't know if you want to give any ratings or anything, because I don't even know what I'd rate it at this point. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd probably give this episode something like a four or five out of ten, and maybe the whole, maybe the series as a whole, probably about a five or a six out of of ten, unfortunately. As I say, it started off quite strongly, but like the whole Marvel after after the after phase four, it went on a steady decline after probably episode three. I'd say I'd give, I'd Maybe give the episode a four out of ten, you know, the classic Bret Hart rating, as we call it. <laughs> but uh, I think overall the series, maybe a six, and it only gets, I would have said a five, but it only gets that additional point thanks to the strength of Sonya Fallsworth. And because, I, it, I could be here, I and could because, because he fancies Amelia Clark, despite her poor acting. I was going to say, her acting and this has made me question any feelings I had about Amelia from last year. I, I, I could be here all day talking about how much I enjoyed Olivia Coleman in this, and that's no exaggeration. No, but, she's definitely the best part of it. Every the the was, was it episode four? She wasn't in really. Yeah, whichever episode it was, she wasn't in. It really missed her. Put it that way. It really did. 
It's probably only the only reason episode five scored so highly because it had more Sonia Fallsworth in it. Yeah. Twelve bit men and their gaslighting. Exactly. Which is true, to be fair. Not in mind Scott's case. I mean we might gaslight each other, but that's that's allowed. Wait, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> But Scott, have you have you got any plugs you want to do? I mean, of course you have. Before we uh, call this a night, yeah, uh, you can check out Scott and Ball's Round Podcast at SB Round when we've got some stuff about wrestling. Uh, just better come out. Probably should be by the time this episode is out. Uh, and we're going. We've got some Fraser content coming out next week. And then we're doing not one, not two, but three retro SummerSlam reviews with varying degrees of quality. We're going to do 2004, 2002, and 1990. We're going to go backwards as business weirdly gets slightly, slightly better as you go further back in time for some reason. <laughs> Can't mm. think why. Uh, we got that. Um, eventually, we're going to try to review all returns, bit of a delay in uh, getting the episodes recorded because I'm between work, uh, walk, and everything. Sometimes I don't have the energy to go up to Paul's to record stuff. And mm. sometimes stuff, I do record stuff and I'm too knackered to edit. So I'm trying to maybe schedule my walks better around my podcast, or maybe I might ask Nathan for help with editing for a, for a little while. I'll, I'll, I'll play it by year, but yeah, I don't really have much else going on here, Rogue Pines. I mean, I think at some point in the next couple of weeks, me, you, and Reese get together, maybe do another rank bank. Is I mean, we're playing fast and loose with you know the interchangingness of uh, the rank bank. There's been two rank banks come out, and I've not been on either of them. Bless you. We'll get you on one soon, I promise. You know, I mean, so what would what, what, you have known about Formula One cars and drivers, though, uh, Scott? I'm not, I'm not a lot. But I, I, there, you, there you go, then. I mean, I'm <laughs> probably going to listen to at least a little bit of uh, of your rank bank because I want to hear Anthony's glorious voice because I've never heard it before myself. So... I'm going to tune in and see how long it takes for my curiosity and see how long how he sounds, or how long that curiosity overtakes my disinterest in Formula One. I give myself a 10-15 minutes. It's all plays at the end of the day. I mean, if, if we didn't name him, you'd think we were doing a podcast with Mel Gallagher, to be quite honest. <laughs> if you might, that gives you any indication. Did he wear a fucking parka during the whole thing, despite it being inside? <laughs> well, he wasn't on video, so I don't know what he was wearing, to be quite honest. I mean, I assume that's what we all wore here at Rogue Opinions. But I'm <laughs> fucking sweating all the time when I'm recording. <laughs> yeah, okay, a slightly lighter output for me at the moment. Wow, yeah, is that it? But yeah, mum is, you know, we have, we've got a belt on that for half hour just for all your, your plugs. But I mean, uh, I mean, if you really want to add extra onto it, you could, I could say, Sockcloud1996 on Twitter. Uh, I can't remember what my Instagram is, but you can probably find me quite easily on there. Uh, Diabetes UK, Mind Step Challenge, Just Getting Page Link is on my socials. But anything you can give her, you can share the link around. Help me further along in this cause. You know, would be good. 
Yeah, everyone must know somebody's diabetic. It's you know, there's a lot of people out there type type one or type two. It's well, you know, I know plenty of people. My dad's just been diagnosed recently diagnosed with uh, type two. My mate, my good daughter's my mate's daughter. She's type yeah, she's type one. So she's been having injections since she was a toddler. Bless her. So you know, it's a worthy. It's definitely a worthy cause to to donate to. Yeah, I get I get there. I mean, I've got some time to reach my my fundraising goal. Uh, that's a bit slow at the minute, but the steps are coming thick and fast. I can guarantee you. But yeah, uh, if you for any reason you want to find me, you can find me at Carlos underscore Flight eighty on all social media platforms. I've kept it the same because I can't remember Jack shit, so I thought I might as well just use the same handle for everything. So you can find me on. Threads, Twitter or X, whatever it's bloody called nowadays, <laughs> Instagram, um, and all that jazz. Uh, you can find me, um, my podcast, uh, as we mentioned before, this on Carmichael's. We talk about um, Disney and all the live action remakes of classic cartoons. Uh, as we also mentioned, um, Rank Bank podcast with Anthony making his debuts. We talk about how we rank the um, F1 World Champions, which is quite an interesting one. Um, we did one recently with Nathan, which has just been released as we review Wimbledon. Um, and uh, Carlos Alcaraz's big win over Novak Djokovic. So if you're interested in our thoughts on that, tune into that. And that's probably about it. Football pod will probably be coming back uh, when the new season starts in two or three weeks. So keep a lookout for that too. Very good. See, you're the, you're the one that's busy, not me. Oh, no. Yeah, bloody hell. Getting roped into everything. I'm the one who initially said, oh, I don't want to do too many podcasts when, you know, when we put all this uh, rogue opinions together and I think to be doing everything. I don't let him fool you listeners. He loves the sound of his own voice. Can't get enough. He's always, well, that's like, <laughs> come on, we got to record. i got to record something. I'm, right at the minute, I'm too busy fucking listening to podcasts on my walks rather than recording them. <laughs> More under more pressure now to put out more content for Scott to listen. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll definitely listen to to your your F one pod. I'll definitely listen to the whole thing, honestly. <laughs> but you never, yeah. heard, but you never have heard of half of them. Probably more than that. Mm. I'm sh- I'm sure that there's a comparison I can make. You know, when you're like. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm just nodding politely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's definitely a criticism. That's certain. Certainly, definitely shouldn't be so low down. But but then, if you wanted to do a rank bank on um, YouTube celebrities or, or TikTok people, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a flipping clue on that. So, you know, there you go. I'm not, I'm not as in tune with TikTok and shit like that. Hmm. I've got a TikTok, I've got the TikTok app and I've got an account. But really, it's because there was like a cut. ESSR did certain accounts. I wanted to follow that and support that account. And honestly, people send me TikToks. It's the bane of my fucking existence. I, I can't be arsed with TikToks. <laughs> no, I can't either. I don't get I don't, it. I don't want to get it. I'm 43. I feel 43 whenever someone mentions TikToks. <laughs> I mean, I'll send videos back and forth on Instagram all fucking day, but TikTok, like, get in the fucking bin. Mm, mm, mm. 
I'm, I'm, I'm glad I've got I find a kindred spirit on on this TikTok malarkey. I may not be as old as you in numbers, but physically at the minute and in and soul, I am probably as old as you, Carl. I was going to say, for this walk, and you, you probably feel about forty, right? <laughs> oh, this well in the summer. I can't do it. I couldn't do a winter walking challenge. The cold weather hurts my hip. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you are sounding like hey, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but you know. I understand TikTok and how you talk about secret invasion. It's all like podcasting, Carl. It's, it's not easy at all. It, it really isn't. Bye, everybody. Bye. It's a sad picture. The final blow hits you. Somebody else gets what she wanted again. No, it's all the same. Another time and place. Repeating history.